It's NF Shabbat Zahor, Prashat Truma. I bet you never thought about this one. What? What's on your mind? This week, Parashatumah, Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded to build a Mishkan, to build a Mikdash, and all the holy vessels that come with it. And if I ask you, what were the constant mitzvahs in the Mishkan or in the Mikdash? You would probably, first thing, tell me, Kovana Tamid, the daily offering, the daily sacrifice that was brought morning and afternoon, the sacrifice that, because of that, one of the opinions of the Gemara says, we today have our prayers, our davening in the morning, Shachit and Mincha in the afternoon. Or you might even think about the Ner Tamid, the light, the candle that was lit through the entire time, Ner Ma'aravi, in the menorah that was always lit. However, if you take a close look at this week's parsha, you'll see that there was another mitzvah, a constant mitzvah that happened in the Mikdash and in the Mishkan, which was Lechem Apanim, the holy bread that was put on the Shulchan, that was put on the table inside the Hechal, inside the Mikdash, inside the Mishkan. And looking at those Tsukim and looking at the fact that that was also a constant mitzvah, it does feel that the Shulchan is a little bit neglected in the way we think and feel and talk about the Mishkan and the Mikdash nowadays. So I want to shed a little bit of light on the Shulchan, on the table, and on the bread that was brought on that table. What is the idea behind having that constant bread on the table and why can't the table, can't the shulchan go without having bread on it? It's interesting you talk about the ner tamid in the menorah and the shulchan also having that tamid because these are also just opposite each other. And we know there's some sort of dynamic, some sort of relationship between the two. Chazal teach us that one who wants to become wise faces the south versus someone who wants to become rich faces the north. And they continue to say that the symbol to this is the menorah in the south is them and the table in the north representing wealth. So in some way we have this sort of contrast between these two sides, the wisdom and the wealth. And you know there's a feeling sometimes that we like to talk about the menorah, we like to talk about wisdom, we may like wealth but we often feel uncomfortable talking about it especially in the context of the Mishka. And the Torah is actually teaching us something else. Both of these are tamid, both of these are constant. Everyone knows that to have blessing, to receive blessing in the physical world, we need to pray and everything comes from God. And these are things we say and we pray and talk about all the time. But in a certain sense, the physical world and the physical belongings and everything tied to the physical seems somewhat more disconnected from godliness. It comes from God, but wisdom, light, that for us seems a lot more connected to the Mishkan. That seems a lot more connected to godliness. But the Torah actually teaches us something interesting. This Shulchan had bread on it from Shabbos to Shabbos. And even when they were taking the bread off, they weren't allowed to take the bread off without the new bread being pushed on. They weren't allowed to have that one moment where the bread wasn't on the Shulchan. Because the Mishkan and the Mikdash represent the blessings, represent the the source of blessing to the world. From there, blessing spreads out to everywhere. By building a Mishkan, it helps us recognize how everything we have, everything spiritual and physical is all coming from godliness. The reason it has to be Tamid, because we're making a statement saying that if for one moment that wasn't there, if that source of the physical world, if that source of blessing wasn't there, even just for one minute, no physical blessing could exist. Nothing physical could exist. Not only no spirituality, can't exist. Physical world can't exist even one moment. And more than that, it's not just something God gives us. We say every day in davening, God renews with his goodness every single day, every single moment. It's not just something that we have. Everything we have is a constant blessing. It's a tamid. It's every single second. And that's why, as Chazal described, the bread was warm all week. It stayed hot. That miracle to show that every single second, it's still 
still new. It's still a new blessing flowing from the Mishkan, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, down into the world. You know, and what's interesting is that it was replaced every Shabbos. We know one of the ideas behind Shabbos is that we have six days of creation, which God so-called did and built and created the world. And so too, we do and work and go out to the world. But then Shabbos comes and God rested. And therefore at that moment, we rest because we say our power, our ability to do anything is coming from God. If God is resting, how could we not be resting? It's, it's impossible. By not resting, we're almost saying our ability to do is not coming from God. And that's why keeping Shabbos is considered our testimony to the fact that God created the world. And the same thing here is with the Lechem Apanim. On Shabbos, on that moment where we're recognizing that all our ability to do anything in the physical world is coming from God, that's the day where we switch without even leaving one second without that bread and switch to the new bread, which is going to give us our new strength for the week to come. This standing there in the Mishkan is just as important and sometimes even more important than the menorah because the menorah, we all recognize that wisdom comes from God, that spirituality comes from God. But the physical world is a different story and building that recognition into us needs that consistency, that continuous aspect of the Shulchan where the Lechem Panim is always there, that consistency which teaches us how much we're dependent on this continuous blessing flowing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the Mishkan, through the Mikdash, to the world. Yes, there's definitely something to it, the bracha that comes into the world from the Lechem Apanim, but also from the Menorah, each one for the aspects that they resemble, that they symbolize in the world. And as we know, you were saying Shabbos is the blessing for the week. We notice from the Chadodi all the way to Sfasemes from many different places, and when you look at the Menorah and the Shulchan, the source of the spiritual aspect of the world, the source of the materialistic aspect, Aspect of the world. Rav Nachman in Likutei Moran is a very interesting piece because obviously most people want to get both. Most people want to also be on a very high level of spirituality, but also, you know, let's face it, want to be a little bit more materialistic in life, want to own a little bit more things. And says Rav Nachman, the interesting thing is like you mentioned, the Gemara says that if you want to become rich, you got to go north. And if you want to become wise, you got to go south. So says Rav Nachman that in the days of the Magid, they used to say that that's why you can't find both things in one person. However, says Rav Nachman, there is a way to own both things because we see both Ramosha Rabbeinu says Reb Nachman and Rabbi Yudah Nasi who wrote the Mishnah had both. How do they accomplish that? So says Reb Nachman, in order to be in both places, you have to cancel yourself. You have to get to the highest level of anava, the highest level of modesty, of not holding anything to yourself, not holding anything to your being, but seeing everything is coming from HaKadosh Baruch. Everything you have in life is only there because God wanted you to have it. And if you get to that high level of anava, that high level of modesty, then you basically don't have to pick any side. You don't have to go north or south because you can be everywhere because you're nowhere. Then you can be in both places at once. And as you were saying, the Shulchan, the Lechem Apanim have a very important place in our day-to-day -day life. It's not a bad thing to request for Gashmius. It's not a bad thing to pray about Parnassah as we see in so many sources that the Lechem Apanim, that the Shulchan were symbolizing that aspect of life. And it was always there in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like the spiritual side of life. And as the Shulchan brings the bracha, brings the blessing into the more materialistic things of life, the Chinuch says there's a reason that 
this mitzvah was a constant mitzvah because bread, that's what we live on. That's what our life is based on. And we always need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's blessing into it. And then says the Chinuch, and the opposite side of it is that if we all the time deal with bread, if we're all the time dealing with materialistic things, we want to be able to think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu through those things because that's how we will get the blessing. That's how we will get the bracha. And also, we you know, nowadays we do not have the Shulchan anymore, but you know, the three people that sit and eat together around a table, they should have Torah among them so as to have Hashem's words with them in order to bring that blessing into what they eat, into our most basic activities of our day-to-day life and to elevate the most basic things we do, to elevate the most basic food we have, to elevate the bread and through that to remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and again, on the opposite side of that, being able to get His blessings in everything we do, not only in spirituality, but also in all the materialistic aspects of life too. You know, it's also Shabbat Zachor this week. It's interesting because the menorah obviously represents Hanukkah, but actually the Shulchan is Purim. If we think about it, Purim all is about the table. They sit around the table and feast with Achashverosh, then there's the feast with Esther, and then we feast on Purim. Hanukkah, we know the mitzvah is about the candle, and Purim is about the Mishteh, is about the Mishloach Manot, is about the table, about the food. But there's a very deep idea here. Amalek, as we know, just a few parshas ago, Hashem says, Ki yad al kes ya Hashem I have a battle against Amalek, and as Chazal pointed out, God's name is Yud K, it's not full. And God's chair is Kaf Samech, without the end of it, saying that God's throne is not full and God's name is not full until Amalek are eliminated. And as we know from Kabbalistic sources, the first half of the name, the Yud Hey, represents the more spiritual world, the Chochmah and Bina, and that obviously Amalek can't do anything to because they can't affect God. What Amalek are fighting is God's presence in this world, in the physical world. And that's why the second half of the name, the Vavhe, that represents God being revealed in the physical world, that's what's taken away. That's what Amalek are fighting. And that's what Am Yisrael is there to put back. Purim is about fighting against Amalek. Purim is about showing that godliness is within this world. It's about saying that godliness is not only a menorah, is not only spirituality. That's great. That's important. But every mitzvah we say, L'shem Yichud, and we bring the Yudhe and the Vave together. That's what we're about, is showing a mitzvah is a physical thing. Purim is about showing that godliness is here within our sudas, even drinking wine. That's where we will find godliness on Purim. And that's the biggest contrast to Amalek that's trying to eliminate the presence of godliness in this physical world. So we have the menorah, which is Hanukkah, which is that spiritual battle, but we have the physical battle with Amalek, which is represented by the Shulchan. Beautiful. And mentioning the battle with Amalek, it's interesting enough. The battle was handled with Yoshua on the battlefield, but the two who helped Moshe with the battle with praying to Akadosh Baruch Hu Hashem were Aharon and Chul. Aharon who represents the Kahuna, who represents the spirituality, and Chul, son of Miriam, Keter Malchut, who represents, as we said, the more materialistic aspect of things. And it goes deeper than that, but we don't have any time, so Shkoyach. Shkoyach, Shabbat Shalom. Shkoyach to you, Shabbat Shalom. And next week, Purim, it's going to be crazy. More talking Torah videos on different topics. Check out our YouTube channel.